When I began writing, the phrase I came up with to describe my aim and goal was the Christian explorer. I thought of my own studies as an exploration in the faith. My studies were an expansion of what I had grown up with, not really a replacement. I didn't get rid of what I had known, what I had learned, but rather added on to it, grew it, so to speak. And as I studied, it felt as though I was traveling deeper into the faith, um, the same faith that I had learned in Sunday school as a child and in youth group in my adolescence. I think I am close to 10 years in on this exploration, though it seems like less, but I think it is a good time to share the insights to exploring the faith I have learned over the years. I'm Daniel Clausen, and this is Exploring Christianity. begin by telling you how I started my life as an explorer of the faith. And what started it all was I wanted to know the answers to my questions about God and the gospel. And actually, the first question I had, this was coming out of high school, was simply, what is the gospel? Now, that's not that I wasn't taught the gospel growing up, but I really wanted to know what the gospel was. And I knew that the story of Jesus dying on the cross was crucial to the gospel. I just didn't understand how it could play a central role in my life. And I had heard the term gospel-centered life a lot. And especially as I started, um, as I started studying what the gospel was, I heard a lot about living a gospel-centered life. But I didn't really get a lot of the gospel itself that was supposed to apply to my life. Like, what is the gospel I need to center my life around? And a lot of popular and even conservative resources did this. And as I look back at them, I see that there was the gospel sprinkled throughout, now that I know what it is, but it wasn't put in such a way that I could easily grasp it for some reason. Maybe it was that I was just blind to it. I, I don't really know, but... That was, that was how I felt about it. But as I began to understand the gospel, as I began to read resources that clearly explained the gospel that were gospel-centered through and through, I learned a few things. The first was I learned the importance of doctrine. As I began to study it, doctrine was not a popular word. People kept away from it. It was almost a bad word in a sense because it's not a popular word in our culture. But I found that biblical doctrine is the foundation for our actions. It is the fuel for our actions. And so if we don't have doctrine, our actions, all the things that we're supposed to do, don't have any real strength in them. Doctrine is the basis for all Christian living. And that brought me to another thing I learned as I studied the gospel was the importance of expository preaching and not just expository preaching but also expository study now expositing is what you do when you're 
digging stuff up, you're mining for gold, you're looking for that valuable resources in all the mud. Expository preaching is when you sit on a text or a passage of scripture for a while and you just drill and you drill and you drill until you hit oil or until you get to that gold or until you get diamonds or whatever you want to, whatever you're drilling for. That's what expository preaching, expository study is. And I found as I listened to it, God's word, God's word became alive for me. Expository preaching told me that God's word was for my mind, for my heart, and for my actions. And in that order, that what went into my head affected my emotions, my heart, my affections, and that is what drove my actions. And I found that it was more than just digging up the facts about the passage or about the text. It was digging up, extracting the doctrine from the text and applying it to life. And I found through this that the ordinary things, like simply preaching the Bible, prayer, fellowship with other believers, that was what produced supernatural effects in my life. I didn't need all the bright lights, the loud music, everything else that is associated with being moved. I didn't need to go far away into the wilderness where it was just me and God. It was the simple everyday things that produced the greatest effects in my life. I didn't need the motivational teaching anymore. I didn't need the step-by-step -step rules to a better life. I didn't need anything else. I just needed to simply study the Bible. And that really set me off on my journey for exploration into everything else in the scriptures. And I mean, it's a really good place to start because as I've found out, the gospel is the central theme of the Bible. It's the central message of all of scripture. The next question that really helped start my life as an explorer of the faith was the question, is God sovereign? Now, this was my first taste of doctrine that went against my assumptions. This is my first head-to-head -head with something in scripture that I've ne I never experienced before. And it was also a doctrine that had a lot of controversy surrounding it. And so it was my first experience of, of biblical wisdom and theology versus human reason and how to fit the two together, how to discern between one and the one and the other, how to find what's right. And this actually started my exploration also into church history as well, not just Christian doctrine, but also church history. So those are my two questions. I started my Christian life as an explorer of the faith. Now, before I tell you what it means to explore Christianity, I want to first say what exploring the faith is not, because I think it's important to see what it's not before we see what it is. It gives a little more body to our understanding. Uh, exploring the faith is not for the sake of deconstructing the faith. We see a lot of deconstructionists out there today. It's not for taking apart and proving it wrong. It's for building it up. That's what exploring the faith is for. 
exploring the faith is also not mindless wandering. Now, you hear the quote often in Instagram bios, not all who wander are lost. But the problem is, many of them are. <laughs> many of the people that are wandering aimlessly, in a sense, are actually lost. They're looking for something, but they don't really know what it is. They don't have any foundation for knowing what to look for. And so, in a sense, they are lost. Mindless wandering is more like trying everything with the name Christian on it, with no real intention of sticking to something. And that's not what this exploration of the faith is about. It's about having a goal, knowing what the parameters are, and walking in that, and exploring what we can with that. Now, exploring the faith is also not exploring what is only comfortable, what only feels good or right. It's not that. It is going into the dark places, into the places that are tough, into the places that are controversial. It's exploring everything. And finally, exploring the faith is not exploring the faith apart from commitment to a biblically faithful local church. Because committing to a church body helps you empathize with others who have different beliefs over doctrine. And it also helps you to put your findings into practice. It's the best place to put your findings into practice, to see what is more applicable or better applicable to this situation or that situation. What works in the real world. That's what you're after. It's not just exploring for the sake of head knowledge, exploring for the sake of feelings, exploring for the sake of action. It's exploring for the sake of everything. All of that. And in the church body, you're walking close with each other. You're experiencing life together in a sense. And in doing so, you're not an island. You're not all by yourself, out in the middle of nowhere. You're, you're connected. That's what you're looking for. So that's what exploring the faith is not. Now, what it means to explore Christianity. The first point is to be inquisitive. It's to ask all the right questions. And I just wrote an article on this on the Christian Explorer, which I will leave a link to in the notes. That's what you want to be, is an inquisitive person, a person who asks good questions. To ask what you should believe about God, what you should believe about the gospel, or any doctrine that is in the passage of scripture that you are studying, asking what you should believe before asking what you must do. That's an important point. Ask what you should believe first, then ask what you should do. It's the indicative before the imperative. And this is what I found is the New Testament way of thinking. Paul really does this in his letters. Peter and John do it too. You think of Romans 12 verse 1. I think that is probably the most famous one where Paul has spent 11 chapters on doctrine with, I think, something like seven imperatives, seven commands, seven things for us to do. And afterward, it's almost only what we should do. Another example is Ephesians 4 verse 1. One of Peter's examples is 1 Peter 1 verse 13. He starts off with biblical doctrine and right away turns to practice. And you'll often find it in the word, therefore. Uh, because of this doctrine, act this way. The second thing we need to do in order to be an exploring Christian 
is to be unprejudiced. We are to study the whole counsel of God. That means study every part. We don't skip over the unpopular stuff or the out-of-season stuff. We study every part and we study it as a whole. We don't lose sight of the Bible being one single story of redemption. To be unprejudiced means we study to know, not study based on what we already know. We study to learn more, but we also study within the parameters of clearly revealed scripture. It is clearly a waste of time to learn fundamentals of exploring the Bible and then forget the moment we step into the Bible. And it won't help us get anywhere. Imagine building a house on a foundation, but the house plan doesn't fit the size or the shape of the foundation. I mean, your house is not going to be on that foundation anymore. The third thing we must do in order to be an exploring Christian is to be learning. We need a teachable attitude. If we don't have a teachable attitude, we just won't learn. And I won't lie, this is difficult, especially as you get older. And I find this, I mean, even more and more for myself, and I'm not very old yet. But even in myself, I find that it's difficult to simply have a teachable attitude. I would rather just be confirmed in what I've learned rather than learning something new more and more as I get older. Because someone who is older has less time to learn. Even though you can learn things surprisingly fast at any age, as you get older, you want to be confirmed in what you've learned. The fourth thing we need to take into consideration to be a Christian explorer is to be critical. And that does not mean to have a sour attitude, but it means to dive deep, to seek out understanding. It means to question everything, to learn more about it, not to dismiss it, at least right away, because you might have to dismiss it later, but then you'll know why you're doing so. So be critical, be a critical thinker. Think deeply about what you're learning. And the last thing we need to take into consideration for exploring Christianity is to simply be reasonable. Be clear-headed. This is the positive to being unprejudiced. It's to connect dots, to find cohesiveness, not to contradict ourselves, to be reasonable. And this is what an explorer does when he or she studies the Bible. And there are probably more points to make or other ways to say them, but this is at least a start. This is the method and philosophy of learning that has probably helped me the best, especially as I apply what I learn to everyday life. So I hope it helps you in your exploration and perhaps inspires you to explore the faith more deeply. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exploring Christianity. For more great biblical content, visit thechristianexplorer.org.